titties are nope. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fearless as Fuck, the podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. We have a very spicy guest for you today. <laughs> <laughs> One of our interns here at Sticky Paws Studio, Lana, is here with us. So excited to have you. Hi, guys. <laughs> I've been wanting to talk to you forever, so I'm really excited to have <laughs> you guys on. Um, for those of you who don't know, Lana, like I said, is an intern here at Sticky Paws. She's also the host of Laughing with Lana, which is her own podcast. Yes. Um, she has guests come on to talk about to talk, to talk <laughs> about trauma bonding, relationships, traumatic events, jokes, and more. Um, as I sure a lot of you know sometimes comedy can be used as a form of coping and so this is something that gets talked a lot about here with Lana and also our girlfriend Michaela Gordon who has um yeah so I just funny. I just it's, um, so, so funny, funny it hurts, hurts. Yeah. yes shout out She's to hilarious. Michaela love her yeah. to death I met her actually off Instagram which is so random and <laughs> she wound up moving here and then I brought her on and now she has her show here so we're super excited about Aww. that but I'm really excited to talk to you because I think that we took a big pause on bringing guests on to talk about trauma because we were doing so much trauma on this podcast <laughs> that <laughs> I kind of la I, I laugh about it, but it's it's really true that trauma does shape you, right? Yes. And everything that you've been through growing up um, with your childhood into your relationships into just, you know, life events that happen to you really have an impact on how your character is shaped and yeah. how you go into the world and I know you've been through a lot, <laughs> a lot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. but what's what I I find people who have been through a lot really interesting mm -hmm. and really intriguing one because I can relate to them so much more I, I just feel like when I meet somebody who hasn't really been through anything and has had life like handed babies. to them on a platter and fed with a silver spoon their entire life it's really hard to dig deep with them mm -hmm. because it's just a little unrelatable mm -hmm. at least in my personal position I'm not hating on anybody who's had like a perfect life but no I'm hating on them yeah but a little bit but <laughs> it, it does it does make you more real and raw and it teaches you a lot about things and it teaches yeah. you how to be humble and you know just see life from a really good perspective so um I want to just dive in and have you kind of talk about how you grew up and maybe introduce yourself because you know, I don't know that much about you. So <laughs> let's just start from the beginning. We just chit chat a lot about boys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, um, um, I'm Lana Cherry's my I'm a comedian. So that's when I started my pod. I was starting my podcast because um, I do laugh at my trauma. I enjoy laughing at my trauma, like the things that I've been through. I'm like, there's always a joke in something that I've been through. My childhood was actually fucking fantabulous. Like my mom was. Like, I believed in Santa Claus till I was, like, 15, I think. <laughs> I was, like, I, I had such an amazing childhood. I had both my parents are still together. My brothers were great. Like, my childhood wasn't bad at all. It all happened when I got married. Once I got married, I realized, like, oh, my God, trauma exists. Like, How oh. old were you when you got married? Well, I was with him. I was with him since I was 17. He was my, my high school sweetheart. And I got married at 23. But even when I got married, I like in my head, I knew I shouldn't have gotten married. But it was one of those like, well, we have time in. It's kind of like it's just time. But um, he when I was 20, he made me get an abortion. And so we always had our issues after that because I'm like, you made me get rid of it. And I didn't want to. And I want to have kids. And he didn't. So I always blamed him for that. And. Just because we were together for so long, we felt like we just had to stay together. And his family was fucking... <laughs> oh, my God. His, fam his family was so, like, in my nuts, bro. Like, I could have I swore I came out of his mom's pussy as some... Oh, excuse me. Pizana. Can I say that on your... Say whatever yes, you, you okay. want to say. That fucking bitch's pussy was... I swear it held me and, er like, everyone in the world. Like, she was so in, like, everyone's business that... It was um, it was just hard to be with someone that had a different culture right. than me. I'm I'm Mexican and Puerto Rican. He was Filipino, and they are very different. The culture is so different, and they wanted me to be like them. And my dumbass, like, was, like I was like slowly getting brainwashed into being like them, doing things that I didn't want, like being in medical. 
because it's such an Asian thing to do, to just be a fucking nurse. So they told me to be a nurse, and I went to nursing school. Hated fucking life. I hated my life when I was married. But it was, it was a lot of molding that they did for him, to me. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of like loss of self and totally. like identity loss. You know what I mean? Totally. This dude knew my social security number. I didn't even know it. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck did you apply for a fucking credit card on my name? Like, he was doing shit like that. Like, it was, it was a bunch of... Like I said, it was mold, molding, and um, my, like like my parents raised me to like my dad is such a like do you do what you want. You can be anything in the world if you want to be this, do it. If you want to be that, do it. As long as you're not hurting people, do whatever the fuck you want. My mom's a little more strict, but my mom's more like like just have self respect. Right. Like always have self respect. Like do like you could do whatever you want, but just make sure you look good doing it. You know, like don't don't look, don't make an ass out of yourself. So when I was with them, when I got into that family, it was like, oh no, no. This is how we do it. We That's do it a like culture this. shock oh, for sure. Fucking God. It was it was a constant like how do you say constant um like you had to impress his family. Like, I don't know. It sounds like you were kind of walking on eggshells that entire relationship. Totally. That's, yeah. 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 <laughs> that. That. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do too, is because especially if you know in the back of your head that it's not working and you're not in the position that you want to be and this is not the way you want to live your life and you're constantly trying to impress other people mm. with something that isn't even you, okay. you're gonna live in a constant state of hypervigilance and be so anxious. It was. It was horrible. It was totally horrible because, because like you said, like you're constantly, I'm constantly trying to impress them, and like because they they were the type that's like if you want to be with my son, you have to do this. I got you. Oh yeah. my fucking god, girl. that's tough. And I wanted to be with him. I loved him so much. Like he he's probably like the one person that I can say that I was like genuinely in love with. I haven't felt that way about somebody else, but I also wanted to impress his family so much because I did want to be with him and because he was so into his family and that that family dynamic is so tight that I was like, I do want to impress your mom. I do want to impress your dad. I do want to be friends with your sister. And those are good qualities to have, to want to do that to at the same do that. time. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets, it's like a slippery slope when you start losing yourself in the yeah, process. Totally. Yeah. So how long were you guys together? Um, nine years. Well, eight and a half. But okay. Almost nine years. Yeah. So what happened after that? Uh, I girl, I went buck wild. <laughs> I went buck. I got divorced and went buck the fuck wild. I I became a lesbian for four years. I was like super, just like like just dating girls for four years, and then I wanted to have kids. So I was like, I was like, I'm gonna be the lesbian that just gets pregnant by herself. And I went to go check how much it is to go get impregnated by a doctor, bitch. That shit was so expensive that I was like, nah. I was like, bro, nut is free on the streets. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna just hop back on the dick wagon. I'm gonna just be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come, I'm, I'm back, motherfuckers. <laughs> so I started dating guys again, and I think that's where like a lot of my trauma started because my trauma has really like nothing to do with like me. Like people, I tell people that I'm insecure, and they're like, oh, well, you're just, you're so pretty or whatever. I'm like, I ain't insecure in me, bitch. I'm insecure in like other dudes and how they see me or like how other people respect me. Right. Yeah, I was like, my insecurities have to do with, like, is that dude cheating on me? Or, like, is is he doing things behind my back? Like, it's not, it has nothing to do with me and my confidence. But it's just, like, like how guys have hurt me so much in the past. And they did, like, they've done me, like, dirty. Yeah, dirty. and that's something that we talk a lot about, too. Because you, it, it's so hard not to carry your trauma into new, new relationships and new situations. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously a new partner doesn't deserve the treatment. The, the what, how am I trying to say this? Like, you projecting your fears and insecurities from other relationships onto a new person. Right. That person doesn't deserve that. Right. However... It's our job to like manage the shit that we've been through so we don't spill it onto other people. True. But at the same time, like finding somebody who also understands your triggers and traumas is really important at the same time. It might not be their responsibility to fix it. Yeah. But they, you know, being aware is one thing. 
because you can wind up with somebody who doesn't give a fuck about your emotional like they don't have any emotional intelligence doesn't, doesn't give a shit about what you went through <laughs> and that's not fair either because you're never going to be able to have any kind of good communication if they can't understand why you are the way right. you are right. but it is a struggle when you try and get into new relationships post-trauma oh I uh, speak from example, <laughs> from uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, what's funny is that, um, so like, like late. Oh God, more trauma, more trauma. So <laughs> trauma I, has entered the chat. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so the, the, there was being married, and then there was dating a bunch of assholes, and I, I have terrible taste in men. But I stopped it. I do. Hey, at least you're self-aware. I'm very self-aware, girl. I'm like, I'm like, I like pimps and drug dealers. No, <laughs> I did. But they, um, they, they fucked me over. And then I stopped dating. I was like, all right, I'm just like, I, I think I need a break. I think like my trauma is affecting me. I think I need a break. And then um, I was single for like about six months at this time. And a guy raped me. It was great, right? This was a person that I did not know, did not know, raped me. Four days later, I tell my friend, like, hey, something happened. And he's like, oh, my God, come over. I'm going to help you. Like, like, I want to help you get through it. Let's, let's just come over and we can smoke. I'm like, all right, cool. I went over. He sexually assaulted me. So then um, two weeks after that, the guy that I was actually dating, because he, he lived in California, I went to go visit him, and when I told him what happened, he tried to comfort me with sex. So I was like, I like you motherfuckers are just horny. Like I just, I'm just, I'm over it. So I stayed single for like like the last year and a half, and it wasn't just until recently that I started like dating again. But I noticed that like me being single and just because a guy wants you, they want you to like heal so much faster because I'm like. I'm like I'm 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 alone. Like I need to stay by myself right now. I'm healing, and they're like, you need to get over that. God, not all guys are like that. And I was like, well, I'm working on that. No, well, not all guys are like that. You can't just generalize all guys and just like like uh, put all men in one group. And I'm like, but that's where my mentality's at right now. And I'm telling you, I need time. And I'm telling you, I need time to heal. But you're telling me to just get over it now because you want to sleep with me, bitch. Fuck you. Like that's that's how that's my mentality with like men a little bit. It's always been like you just want to fuck, you just want to fuck, and that was I bring that into not even relationships. I just bring that into like regular conversations. Like as soon as I hear like a little trigger, like like oh you're pretty, oh god, this dude just wants to fuck. Like, well, especially <laughs> after that series of events that you went through, which I'm so sorry to hear that because that's. It, it's, it's funny. Uh, it's now. Well, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I only can relate to that on a small level because I look at back. I, I look at back. Why can't I talk today? I, <laughs> I look back at what I've been through and I laugh when I talk about it. And I find it I comical yeah. that I got put through something so rough and also stayed. But I also can see the serious side of like what I needed to learn, like where my where my lack of boundaries were. Like I can get really serious with it, but I can also laugh about how fucking ridiculous the shit I went through was and how like naive I was to not see that I was in this situation. Um, but I think that is also like a coping mechanism, but also a sign that you have healed a little bit when you can actually talk, sit and talk about it yes. and have a conversation and be like, okay, this is what happened. This is why it happened. This is how I wound up in it. And my mentality was like this, mm -hmm. but it takes time to get there and you can't rush that healing process. So right. it does frustrate me when guys talk like that. Maybe even girls too. I don't even want to generalize this for like a, a certain sex, but like guys are very sex driven. Like let's yeah. be realistic. Yeah. And if they're forcing you out of your healing process, just telling you to get over something, it doesn't work. So that work. they can date you. It doesn't work like that. What? So then, then you have sex with them, and then they call you crazy for like being triggered because you weren't <laughs> because you weren't healed yet. They like, did that to me. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. So like not listening to all that bullshit and taking time for yourself is super fucking important. Right. It's super important, and you know it's really easy to lean on other people and lean on sex and lean on intimate connection when you're feeling vulnerable because it feels good. Yeah. In the moment, at least, but then afterwards, you're like, fuck, that wasn't. I was not ready for that. Yeah. And you're back in this cycle um, it's like watching a bad porn it's oh. <laughs> it's like you ever you ever well, be in the middle of like you know you're watching porn and then you like you rub one out and then all of a sudden you see the video that you like rubbed one out too you're like, and this i'm is like not 
Like not I'm, it. <laughs> I'm so ashamed of myself. I'm so ashamed of myself. I do that. I do that with dudes where I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, this is fun. Like, this is fun. I tend to look past a lot of shit when I feel comfortable with, especially yeah. with a man. So I look past a lot of shit. And then when I break up with them, I'm like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was I thinking? I yeah. wasted my body on that. Like, it's, that's, it's, it's tough. I, um, also, what you mentioned about kind of like catching you at vulnerable moments too because you are so vulnerable like after trauma mm -hmm. and jumping back into things, you're more susceptible. I think there was, a, I don't know if it's a statistic or just something that I heard. I'm like anti-statistic when it's it comes to podcasts like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but I did hear that people who have been sexually assaulted are the likelihood of them getting sexually assaulted again is, is greater. Yeah. And you're not the first person that I've talked to that got abused by somebody that they were close to after mm -hmm. they were sexually assaulted by somebody that they didn't know, mm -hmm. which is fucking insane to me. Mm -hmm. Insane. I was sexually assaulted by my friend's boyfriend when I was younger. No way. Yeah. And it, oh my gosh, it was, that. that's still something that I like have a, a trouble talking about because it was, I was, I think I was like 18 or 19 years old. Oh, wow. So it was a long time ago, but I... I think I lost a lot of trust and faith in people after that because it showed me that somebody so close to you, mm -hmm. um, even though the boyfriend wasn't that close to me, they can people can just take advantage for whatever that they want, whatever that they want to do. Yeah. And obviously, men have an easier time doing that. They're bigger, stronger. Like you, yeah. you're you're weaker as a female. Like that is one thing I understand about like the two different sexes. Like we are easier to take advantage of than a man. Totally, <laughs> <laughs> it just is what it is. But I. You know, that happened so early and there were so many incidents that I've had with men at an early age that had shaped my perception mm -hmm. that I've had to really get myself out of. And I didn't start talking about that till recently. It wasn't until after my engagement to an extremely toxic person like blew up in my fucking face that I started looking back at my track record oh. at like maybe certain situations that put me into a position to tolerate something else so it always that's why i ask like you know what led up to situations that put you into a situation to have something really bad happen were there lack of boundaries were there like people pleasing tendencies from oh, growing up me? you know what i mean just in general with anybody like it always makes me think like okay x y and z happened to somebody mm. what in like okay let me start this over i think that rape can happen really terrible things can happen that are completely out of your control. Mm -hmm. And it may have nothing to do with how you grew up. Mm -hmm. It may have had nothing to do with you putting yourself into a position. Nobody deserves that. You could have just been wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but when I think about winding up in relationships where I'm like, like over giving and overdoing it to please somebody else, mm -hmm. does that stem back to me seeking love so much that I would self-sacrifice myself. And where does that come from? Mm. You know what I mean? So that's why I always ask people, like, were there things growing up that made you a certain way that have may, may have put you into certain kinds of relationships? Kind of, with, with, with me per se, I would have to take the accountability of the fact that I was a stripper. I used to I used to strip and when I got raped the first time with the guy that I didn't know was when I was stripping. Really? I was never a stripper at a strip club. I didn't I never touched a pole in my life, but I did private parties. So we would go to like the penthouse suites. Like the only way we would get booked is if they had like a penthouse suite so that they knew that it's like we're not going to a room. Right. We're not escorts. We're strippers. Right. This is like a private party. It's a private party. So you have to have at least like four people and up. Like it has to be a lot of people so that we know that it's a party. But we also do private dances. So when the private dances come, it's like, okay, let's go to the back room. I got you like full nude. I'm going to dance for you, you know, for $100, whatever the fuck. And... Um, when the guy, when the the guy gave the guy gave me two hundred dollars so I can dance two songs for him. So I was like, all right, cool. And he ended up getting like he ended up like picking me up and like laying me down, getting on top of me. And I was like, this is different. Like, but I was like, I'm gonna let you do you. You gave me two hundred bucks, you know, like fuck it. Then he laid, but he was like this really heavy set Indian guy, like the smelly kind dude. Oh my god, bitch, he stunk like curry. He was on top of me, 
and he he was like on top of me. I it, mind you, they're not allowed to like take their pants off. They're not like like their shirt. Okay, your pants. No, he got on top of me. I don't know how he did it, but his dick ends up inside me. And I was like, that is not what we're doing. I was like, that is not what we're doing. He's like, I'm like literally trying to push him out. He's pushing himself in. He like gets out, like he takes his dick out and he's nutting everywhere. So I'm like, he kind of like came inside me, kind of came outside of me. It was like, it wasn't that long. It really wasn't that long, but I would say it's probably like six pumps maybe. And he was like all over. And I was like, oh my God, like what the fuck? Like what just... What just happened? Yeah, how do you respond to something like that? Because exactly, I, it's. I'm sure you were shocked. I was shocked. I was disgusted. Like I didn't. I didn't even say anything. I was just like. I was like literally get the fuck out. Like just leave the fucking room. Get the fuck out. But he wouldn't leave because he. No, you know what the fuck? He had the fucking nerve to ask me if I was clean. This bitch ass motherfucker had the nerve to ask me, "Are you clean?" You clean, right? I'm like, bro, you didn't. You stuck a dick in me. You don't even know if I'm clean. You don't even think like you don't. You don't. Pro you're asking me that you raped me, and you're asking me if I'm clean. Like that. That was one thing that I was like, oh, you're a fucking disgusting human being. And I was like, get the fuck out. He's just asking me the whole time. Oh, but but you're clean, yeah. You're you're clean. I was like, bro, you can. So you know what? I grabbed all my stuff. I got out of there, changed, and I literally left. And. The cold part was that because I was making so much money that night, because like it, I was like the party favorite, and I was my the other girls that were there. There was an, there was other girls and there was one guy that was they were there. They were already dressed and ready to go, and I'm like, I have two more dances to do. I was like, I'm not gonna say no to my money. So I was like, you guys go ahead and go. I'm gonna stay. Worst decision I've ever fucking made because I was like, that's what that's literally what changed my life. Because I had a security there with me, I had three other girls with me, but I was like, I need to make my money. Um, just don't worry about it. I'll go. I'll be fine. Like I'll be fine. These guys seem cool. These guys seem so cool. And so I was utterly embarrassed. I was super embarrassed, super ashamed of it. I didn't tell anybody until like three days later. Like I didn't even tell my best friend until like three days later. I was gonna say, did you feel like you went into almost like just like fight or flight mode because you being able to just shut that off yeah. and continue your night and I, just forget it or not forget well, it, but like when it how are you processing? Uh, I didn't like I really to be fair I didn't I like I stayed in my truck I was like it was one of those. I'm, I'm one of those people that, like, if I find out someone died, I'm like, what? Like, it doesn't hit you right it away. It doesn't hit me right away. It hits me, like, two days later when I'm like, oh, my God, like, I can't call that person no more. Right. And to me, it was like, like, oh, like now my pussy hurts. Now, now I'm thinking, like, I should go get checked. Oh, my God, like, I don't know if he's clean or if he's dirty. He's asking me if I'm clean and dirty. Now I don't know. I need to go get checked. And having, like, you know, having the doctor down, because I, I told my best friend that I had to go get a pap smear. And she was like, oh, she was like, okay, you know, no, that sucks. I had fun. And that's when I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm really here because, like, I got raped and I didn't even, I didn't, even, like, it, it's like right when it happened, I didn't even realize I got raped because it was like, wasn't it wasn't that many pumps i wasn't fighting for my life like i wasn't like no like, but see that i think that's you like blocking diminish it. yes and mm -hmm. diminishing it because it's easier to compartmentalize something when you don't accept that yeah yeah well then too like i think because i'm one of those people where i'm like it like it could be worse i'm just one of those yeah it could be worse like like my knees hurt but i could have they, they could be broken or something like that you're um, with him, with the rape, it was more of a, like, like he didn't try to kill me. He didn't put a pillow over my face. I, don't, I wasn't, like, fighting for my life. Like, he just, like, stuck his dick in me a few times. I was trying to get him off of me, and he would just nutted everywhere. And I was like, you know, in my head, I guess, to accept it. Like, You're not thinking about assault. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's fine, okay. Like, okay, like, this, it wasn't that bad, it wasn't that bad. I think that's that's what's been my coping mechanism, too, but. Yeah, it sounds like it, for yeah, sure. Totally, because I just, I feel like if I if I make it worse than what it was, it's just gonna. It's more real. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe that, maybe that, yeah. yeah. So with I think people do that on a lot of different levels, too. So it's not like, 
I don't know. I, I only say that because when I think back to like the stuff that I've been through, that was my reaction every time. Well, it wasn't as bad as last time. <laughs> or like, okay, oh, he, you caught him cheating again? Like, well, at least it wasn't, you know, With in your girl. face. And I'm like, and thinking back, I'm like, well, what the fuck? Because if that happened to me now, my reaction would be completely different. You'd mm-hmm. be gone, cut out of my life for fucking ever. Yeah. And there'd be no excuse. But back then, I was so groomed into just thinking it could be worse. It could be worse. You should be grateful, grateful, grateful by, you know, my yeah. situation is a little bit different. But that was my mentality. I'd always find a way to make it okay. Yeah. And that is really dangerous because you can get stuck into situations that do actually become worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things that like women wind up in relationships that wind up being the shit out of them. And like, well, it's okay. He only, you know, punched me this time. He didn't break any bones. It becomes those like you start doing that to it like it a bigger accepting. and bigger. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you become groomed essentially. Yeah. Um, so after this happens, did you continue doing private parties for a while? Fuck no, no. I was gonna I, say, did it shut it down for you? Yeah, that's why. What's funny is that, like, because I try to take everything as a positive. That's, yeah. that's the type. Of, like, I've I've groomed myself to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like toxic. It can become like toxic positivity in a way. <laughs> I I just I took it as a blessing mm-hmm. because I was letting, um, you know, like when 2020 hit. Uh, I wasn't able to work anywhere like stripping used to just be like one thing that I did like once a month or like every other week because I needed extra cash and then when 2020 hit it was like this is my only income right so I had to like it, it was like an everyday thing and I started hating men like like I just thought all men were perverts because I'm like you're in that environment you're literally seeing like that's what you're the seeing all the time of, yeah yeah, yeah. So it was like I had like this mistrust in men and and like I was dancing a lot. I hated I hated being touched. Oh my god, being touched is such a big it's a big deal. If I let you touch me, especially intimately, you like you like won the jackpot with me cuz I don't like being I don't, like I don't even like when people's shoulders like rub up against me. I'm like I'm like, you in my mm. bubble, bitch. The yeah. <laughs> you know, like you way close. But if I let you like touch me, it's like um it's 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 a big deal for me personally. Right. But um after after that whole situation happened, I was like, I just saw myself going into like a really downwards like spiral. Pit, yeah, mm. pitfall or whatever. And so when that happened, I was like, considering the fact that I was stripping. And I was selling drugs while I was stripping, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> I was doing, like, I was I was selling a lot of the party favors because, you know, you're in the middle of the fucking casino and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, do you know anybody who has weed? Yeah. Do you know anybody who has molly? And I'm like, like no, I'm like, bro, we're in the middle of the fucking strip in the casino. Who the fuck is going to bring you coke at one o'clock in the fucking morning? No one. So unless you're giving them, like, $600. They're not going to wake up, so I used to just bring it with me. And... I used to have like Coke, Molly, ecstasy, weed, and and uh, everything. I had everything in my little pet pack. So I was like, if I'd have got caught any other way, I would have went to jail. So I'm like, in a sense, I'm like, I guess I'm grooming myself. Yeah, to- it sounds like you desensitized everything for yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it helps. It, <laughs> it worked for me. Because I'm like, yeah, I got raped. I can share my story. and But I, I just love that it happened in that way instead of me going to jail or like embarrassing my mom or something like that because I'm like I just it was it was easier for me to do that to get to to just deal with the rape by myself instead of like in fucking concrete walls and shit yeah, like that so it's a big wake-up call for sure it Especially was a I'll, huge wake-up call. yeah not only for that but like for your safety in general mm-hmm. so did you want well so what happened after that did you continue in any kind of that in any kind of like adult industry Mm, I did cam girl and I hated that too because it was still the same thing that I was it was it it really like like a man's penis fucks with my head a lot it fucks with my head like the traumas um like (laughs) what's funny is like when I'm dating I love when a guy is like no I don't want to fuck you like like or like they friend zone me. Like if a guy friend zones me, it makes me want to sit on his face so bad. I'm like when a guy is guys like, make a note. <laughs> friend zone me. I might want to fuck. But it's no. It's it's funny because when I when when I'm dating somebody and they're like you're beautiful. You're like I'd love to marry you or something like that. Or like you're 
you you're just you're you have such an amazing body or I'm very interested. I'm like, ew, you fucking pervert. Like all I think is you're a pervert. And if a guy's like, yo, you wanna hang out? Like you wanna go, you just wanna go grab tacos? Let's go to a movie real quick. Like, no, like or if I touch them or if I like hit on them, they're like, that wasn't what this was about, bro. Like I'm not trying to hit on you. Like we're not trying to, I'm just trying to be friends. That makes me wanna fuck him even more because I'm like, you actually just like me for Yeah. What? And well, also, oh God, I, I feel like I'd rather have that too. I get a lot of like cringe if somebody comes on to me really strong in like a really serious way. Cause yeah. I still think back to being manipulated. Mm-hmm. It, like I was manipulated and in like by somebody really, really bad. And I wound up engaged to them five months later. <laughs> and like looking back now, I'm like, bitch, you're fucking nuts. Like you should have <laughs> seen this, but I didn't, but. It wasn't like that in the beginning. You know what I mean? Did like, you take any blessings out of it, though? Oh, a thousand fucking percent. Yeah. I would not be sitting here talking to you in this podcast studio if I hadn't been through some kind of terrible thing that helped me realize who I was losing from myself. It wasn't even like who I could have been because I was always this confident person, but I saw how quickly I could lose myself in somebody else because of things that they were so easily grooming me to be and I became someone else for them so after all of that happened and you know multiple things happened in that relationship multiple times that led me to trying to understand like why I would stay with somebody who treats me poorly yeah and it was you know people would joke with me because you know he had a big following on social media and they're like oh well you're just staying with him for the money you're staying with him for the clout or whatever whatever and I'm like it's so funny because that bitch is broke Okay, like I don't know about now, but like you broke bitch. Like it's just so funny. Like this person, like like used my my credit cards, like no. and and like owes people money left and right. And so it was just it's just funny because you know you look at someone's Instagram. I love that. No, it, you it, can see so much that's girl. not real, right? And it was just to me like looking back. It was very embarrassing because like we had created this <laughs> image on social media yeah. and it was like, oh my God, power couple of this, power couple of that. And I'm like, this motherfucker is cheating on me left and fucking right while I have a ring on my finger, mm. like telling me he wants this monogamous relationship and like belittling me behind closed doors so much and making me feel like a piece of fucking shit. Mm. And it turned me into this like people pleasing, like just because everyone's eyes are on you yeah and i just thought everything was my fault like it was always i could have done better i could have been better like i did this because of you and i'm just like no like in the end it's just you have an issue and you like having a double life this is what this is but it's just so interesting looking back because your question about like you know what did you learn from this or did Mm -hmm. you take anything from this i took so much because it taught me about my boundaries and it also made me realize that like I mirrored so much of relationships that I saw growing up that I thought nurturing somebody and taking care of somebody was giving everything of myself to them. And that's not it. That's not it. Like you actually being the perfect partner for your partner is also pouring into yourself and understanding where to say no and like where to stop. So I did all those things and now I'm a coach. So part of your process becomes like what you're meant to do and what you're meant to share. And there are plenty of people who I'm sure listen to your podcast who have been through things that you've been through and you being able to make light of it or talk about it in your special way makes them feel more comfortable. And it it does because one thing that I love about it is a, a lot of my haters but with the people that's that, a whole other topic I want to talk about after oh, this. Let's go. <laughs> I love my haters but there's um oh excuse me the the people that have came to me and been like like hey girl like the fact that you are so raw and been able to like talk about it like I've been through that I just don't know who to talk to and then I'm like I'm so hooked on Instagram that's why I'm so sad that it got that I got banned because I have so many Insta friends that I've made over the over the time with my podcast who are like oh my god I've been through that like you've been through that too and then I'm like yeah DM me don't keep it in the comments like DM me and yeah. then, they're, then they're like yeah this guy did this to me and I can't believe like he was because I was I had posted something about a guy who um, he, he, he was cheating on me but he was married 
and he was cheating on his wife while she was deployed with me. He was gonna move in with me and everything. And I just had a bunch of ladies like on there like, oh my God, this guy did that to me too. This guy did that to me too. Like I'm still crying over it. And I was like, girl, just joke about it. Like let's let's talk about it. But it's like, at this point, it's a joke. Like Let's not make it so serious where yeah. we can't manage it. And I've and one thing that I love that I've taught that I feel like I've taught people is like, bro, everything's a fucking joke. Everything, everything in life except my bills. Everything <laughs> in life is a fucking joke. I'm like, you, you, you can literally laugh at the fact that you got your tire popped in the middle of the fucking freeway. Like, are you dead? No, did you die? No, you're fine. So let's joke about it now. Like, let's joke with the cop or whatever the fuck. Like, all you gotta do is just. Make light of the moment. Nothing nothing in life is serious at all. It shouldn't be. So when it came to when it comes to my haters, it's it's taught me like like how to really be like like about me, you know? Like like if you don't like me, fuck it. I'm gonna agree with you. Fuck it. Like people be calling me a hoe all the time because I have OnlyFans and I'm like, I have an OnlyFans, but I don't even show my titties. What the <laughs> it's it's just the judgment that people pass. And that yeah. was the other thing. I I Amber handles my YouTube, thank God, because I can't go in my comments. Like that is something really? that I still feel and I'm not even ashamed to admit it, but like I'm a sensitive person, so <laughs> I'm a little sensitive person. I don't care as much anymore. Like I can give two fucks what somebody says, but I know I can't go in there and read. Like if I get sucked into the tunnel of like, let me go read a bunch of comments. My If I do it too long, my mind will start kind of like twisting and I'll get so fired up. I want to spend time firing back. Yeah. And that energy is like not something that I have to yeah. give. So I stay out of it. But <laughs> but I will say I I just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Like if you literally in my mind if you have time to spend writing negative shit to someone yeah. you don't even fucking know on the internet, you have too much time on your fucking hands. Go do something productive. <laughs> Go do something for yourself because you clearly are threatened, intimidated or bothered by my pure existence on the internet. Seriously. That's a you problem. <laughs> That's a fucking you problem. And usually a jealousy problem. There's always something in there that you triggered somebody. Yeah. You triggered somebody and it's because maybe you're doing something that they wish they could do. They are not as outspoken as you. They don't have the nerve to share or they're just threatened by your Or they presence. think they're Jesus yeah. or, because yeah, or, they think they can judge. And oh they think they put themselves on this pedestal. They've done nothing wrong. So that's when you know you can just like take yourself out of the equation. Um, but it doesn't mean that every once in a while there's stuff that like will get thrown out that'll like jab me most times it's just fucking stupid shit like just dumb shit but oh. when i first got on social media i struggled big time really? oh my gosh huge and it was when i first started getting a little bit of exposure on social media mm -hmm. because you know the more exposure you get the more haters the more get. haters you get the more mm -hmm. influx of negativity that comes oh, with yeah. it and judgment and i remember there were things that were said and i'm like man that really fucking hurt and i would like take it home with me yeah. but this was also during the time in my life where i was like I was working in restaurants and I was a hairstylist and so I was around people all the time and if something happened at work, I would still let it ruminate when I got home. So oh. I think this was like an era of my life where I was really caring too much about what people thought, what people yeah. thought or what they think, mm -hmm. you know, what they... Their opinions of you. Right, their projections, everything. Mm -hmm. Now, their projections, exactly. Yeah, now I just don't care. Like if something happens at the club and I'm working, like the nightclub, and I go through some like, you know, irritating customer, I literally go in the back and just laugh about it. Yes, I'm exactly. like, really? This is like... She laughs about it. It's yeah. just so stupid. Like there's some stuff that I still struggle with. <laughs> but like you said, the, even like, let's take it not so serious. You pop a fucking tire, you're late for work. Yeah. Like... Okay, like that sucks, right? But yeah. let's let's laugh a little bit about it. Like let's make light of the situation a little bit because what other option do you have to sit there and just complain and be negative and be frustrated? Like, you know, like deal with it. Like you missed your flight, your tire popped, you're late for work, just handle it. But at the same time, what are you gonna do? It's being resilient. Yeah, that also creates that to have like a rollover effect into other serious areas yes, of your life. Yes, very much so. Yeah, because there's some, like like you said, like if you miss your flight, that's important because now now you, if you miss your flight, you probably missed an appointment. You probably miss some work or something like that. But I'm like, I'm just that person where I'm like, shit, I missed my flight. Well, now I got more time to eat. There's only so much control you have over yeah. those situations. You're going to spend, what, an hour there bitching at the girl at the gate about why the plane is late. Like, obviously, it's not her fucking fault. Yeah. Like, she has no control over this. But that 
extra energy you just exerted on being negative, it's just going to be bad. Like exactly. it's just going to have a rollover effect in the rest of your day to actually make it continuously worse. Being right. like, well, whatever. Guess we're late. Let's go have a drink and fucking figure it out. That's like, <laughs> I had my car stolen and I was like, hey, can you take me to the... I, I had my car stolen by a guy that I was dating, in a sense. He took my keys and took... He took my keys and went to... So he didn't steal my car. He stole my car keys. So, and he went to California with them. And I was like, um, like, why would you, like, I was so mad at him. But then I was like, well, let me call this other guy. Not like that. Not like that. But I was like, let me call this other guy and see if he'll just take me to the liquor store so that I can get um, some wraps because I was like, I need to smoke this out. And <laughs> I ended up having like an amazing night because I was like, bro, he fucking took my keys. He's in Cali. And we're just talking. We're smoking. And he was like, you are so resilient because you're like, you're just, you just don't care. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, he's in Cali. Yeah, like, am I gonna ask him so to do much. mail my keys? Like he's not gonna mail my keys. I'll just wait till he comes back. I have another car. Like I didn't have like another car, but like like my roommate. I'm like I have another car. I I do have someone who can give me a ride. You came over here and went to get me wraps and and weed. Like I have people that love me, and that's when that's when I realized like. When I'm going through shit, whoever was there for me, I'm like, I have people who love me. I have people who are there for me. Like, I do have peace of mind around me. And, like, just be resilient and real, like, and just think of, like, the positive things that are going on while this negative thing is happening. Cause yeah. I'm, I, can't hold on to. To the, I can't hold on to negative shit because I'm, I'm a fucking hothead, bro. If I, <laughs> if I hang on to negative shit, everybody's going to feel it. And that's what I don't like either because I'm, I'm a projector. I will project, like, if I'm upset, everybody's going to be upset around me. So I'm like, I, I, what I tend to do is I'm like, just calm it down. I was like, because it's not, it's not Christina's fault. It's not Amber's fault. Like, let's be like, like, like they're, they're here for me. Let's be funny with them. Let me like, let me make light of the situation. Cause if not, then I'm just like, my fucking tire, bro. It's fucking stupid. That's energy transfers. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't like being. I don't like being the person that energy transfers some negativity. I don't like that. It's not necessary. It's completely unnecessary. Yeah. I, unless it's my haters on YouTube. That's, <laughs> you're like, I will go 100% in oh, on like, this. <laughs> sometimes, but like, like one thing about it, one thing about it is, A, I agree with everything they say. If you love me, thank you. If you hate me, like, oh, you're a fucking slut. Sure is. Yes, the fuck I am. Or they'll be like, like they they call me three hundred four. Or no, they tend three hundred four means like whore. Oh my god. Okay, that's just some like red pill fucking bullshit. You guys have codes for yeah. what you calling girl a hoe? Yeah, just call me a hoe, <laughs> dumbass. I'm like you. I, you came up with numbers. Like not not only is not like letters just like just fucked up the alphabet. Now we're going into numbers on how to call me a hoe. Like that's or, so funny that you mentioned that because there was one day I posted a um a video of me like during. Pre up when I'm like shredded yeah. and it was like me on stage obviously in a bikini I thought it was like my most beautiful moment I've ever had Aww. in my life and this fucking guy on Instagram comments like um what a poor excuse for wife material you're a typical 304 and blah 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 and I'm like <laughs> what wait <laughs> What is this guy saying? It was, I had no idea what that meant. And I, I, you know, commented back and we got in this, the video went a little viral and it became this huge thing. Mm -hmm. And there were a few like red pill guys in there going off about how like, you know, I'm a slut. I'm this, I'm a poor excuse for what a man would want. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm thinking like, I didn't even, I didn't even do anything. This is literally me on stage in my most passionate form. And doing you. And, That's and what doing they don't me like. and they. Right. That's what they, a man, those red pill guys do not like when women are doing what the fuck they want to do. It's wild to me, though, because even in that moment, there was nothing even like super sexually like driven about, about it. it. Yeah, However, the guys who do that think that if you are even like in a bikini on the Internet yeah doing anything anything yeah <laughs> you are a slut you're like and it's, it's a muscle wild. competition it's wild to me and they're like well you know what if you were a good woman you wouldn't be putting your body out there on the internet and i'm like that's some shit because you know what's funny and then he was like you know girls like this are overrated i've had them i'm like sure you fucking have <laughs> <laughs> Sure, Not if yeah. you're commenting hate on a YouTube video. Yeah, I actually wound up taking, I screenshotted a bunch of those comments and I pasted them all over my photo mm -hmm. and I reposted it and I'm like, this is fucking wild. Yeah. This is wild. I mean, it, it started it all over again, but <laughs> it, it just goes to show you like the army of people that are on the internet that typically really believe that women should not be doing 
anything like that and showing off any parts of their body that they've worked hard on. It's like, it's just so baffling to me. But that, you know what? That was actually during the time that I woke up and I'm like, I just don't give a fuck. And it's not even in a way where I'm trying to be like super masculine. Like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to do me. It's like, no, I just... Your opinion doesn't matter. Like, you don't pay my bills, motherfucker. Where are you at? Yeah. Where are you? You're fucking commenting from a trailer in the middle of, like, Alabama. What the fuck are you, like, hating on me for? I'm in Vegas. Yeah. In a bikini suit. Like, my thing is, my thing is, like, you're you're in a muscle competition. Like, you're supposed to be showing your physique, your muscles. Like, you are supposed to be highlighting what you look like and you're even doing this you're flexing and all that good shit how the fuck they supposed to see that in sweatpants in a fucking in a fucking mormon dress well it just it just goes to show you that that is a typical like a, a great example of not getting caught up in what people say on the internet whose opinions don't matter to you. Yeah. And if you're tr- if you're truly doing what you're passionate about and like what you believe in, it doesn't really matter. And that's why I like I was super interested to talk to you about it because your stuff is so unfiltered. Like <laughs> I can't be that unfiltered. Like everyone who knows me like knows I'm not a very like like I'm outgoing to an extent, but like <laughs> I also I'm like like you're like I can't see that. But <laughs> yeah, but that's just but that's just who I am. Yeah. But I have so much respect for people who are out like outgoing like yourself and who are so raw and unfiltered. Thanks. I have a lot of respect for that because I'm like you Thank don't you. care and don't not care in a like not in like, a malicious way. No, mm-hmm. you just it doesn't matter. I just don't care, yeah. Yeah, and you know I love podcasting so much and I love people sharing their voice so much because you will reach your people mm-hmm. and whatever group that is like there might be a girl who has so much fear in speaking out about being raped or has so yeah. much fear in speaking out about being in the adult industry and things that may have happened to her behind closed doors that she's terrified to talk about yeah. and you sharing your story helps the next person. Right. So like, it's, I, I mean, I know that's like a very, se- like very serious, like emotional way to talk about it, <laughs> but it's fucking true. Yeah. And some people need laughter and they need comedy and they need a lighthearted way of processing. And that's what you're here for. So Thank it's like something you. to be applauded and, um, I will continue sharing my story. People are like, you still talk about getting cheated on. You still talk about all this shit. I'm like, but I talk about it for a reason. I talk about somebody. Yeah. And it's not to like ruminate on the things that happened to you, but it's to share that story to continue pushing forward and gaining people, gaining listeners who you're helping along the way. I actually just randomly um, two days ago, had a girl reach out to me and was like, "Um, this is a long shot. And I I know I'm bringing up the past, but did you date so-and-so? years prior and at first at first I was that was my reaction I'm like fuck like again this has been like almost four years now and I was like yes we were engaged and I kept it very short but then she sends me this huge paragraph about how I've inspired her how she's gotten out of toxic relationships how she watched it for so long and just she's like and the last thing she said to me was I hope this message reaches you in case you were ever wondering why you were creating content or what you were doing it for or if you were ever struggling because for people like me and I swear to God, you can ask Amber for the last month. I've been struggling so fucking bad being like, I don't know why I record. I don't know what kind of content to create anymore. I don't know what message I'm sharing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And so to get a message like that, you're like. People are still listening. They're still responding. And like, you know what? You might get, let's say, 20 messages this week telling you, like, you've helped me. That is probably a fraction of the people that you've actually reached because there are still people who don't say anything. There are people who still will not say anything. You might get, this is for anybody, any creator, you might get 100 comments or 100 likes on your page. That is not to say that there aren't another 100, another 200 that have passed it, that it's meant something, but they just don't hit the like button. You don't yeah. know how many people you are affecting. So sharing your message in whatever way that is, I think is incredibly important. I think it's really awesome that you're doing what you're doing. Thank so you. I will say that. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. Do you have any advice for anybody who's like going through what you've been through or, you know, who want to speak out about it or, you know, become a creator like yourself? If you want to become a creator, just fucking do it. Like, it's yeah it's the right? easiest fucking thing like i'm talking like you don't need a fucking studio the way that we have a studio like i i love that i have the studio but literally like mics are like 150 bucks just get the fucking mic and get in front of your fucking phone and just start just start posting because one thing about it is um 
the reason why I wanted to do podcasting was because a lot of people were telling me, like, when I was on Instagram and I would post something stupid and I'm like, this motherfucker did this, 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 that, and that, third. And I'm venting about it and they're like, that's you need so a show. fact. They're like, you need a fucking show. Like, you need a reality show. And I was like, well, I'm trying. I'm trying. But a podcast is where I'm going to start. But a lot of people were telling me, like, you need you need a fucking show. Like, you're, you're, like, your message is dope. So if you feel like you have a message, just go for it. Yeah. And one of one of the best advices that I can give to people in my opinion is the best advice that I've ever gotten in my fucking life was expectations are the route to disappointment. If you expect anything from anybody or out of a situation, you're going to be disappointed. So just go in go in with the love. Like just go in like like hey, you really interested in this guy? Just go in just like, okay, I'm just going to let it ride out. Like kind of like go with the flow. It's hard to go with the flow. It's really hard to go with the flow, especially with situationships and and the way life is nowadays with social media and stuff. It's really hard to go with the flow. But if you go in with absolutely no expectations, you don't get disappointed. You just kind of ride it out. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. huge. I never used to be like that. And now letting go and just letting things be mm-hmm. and letting the universe or God, whatever you believe in, like take the reins on your life and your situations. There's so much less stress that comes with that. And just letting go, like you said, expectations and your grip on how you think something should be. Mm-hmm. Life will be so much easier for you and things will flow so much easier when you just let things happen the way they're supposed to versus gripping so hard. Like, I need to have this. It needs to be like this. It, no. Sometimes it's just you not let meant go. for you. Yeah, like so like holding on to a relationship is stupid. Holding on to a job is dumb. And like if you are genuinely unhappy, let the fuck go. Yeah. It's Even if it's your kids, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> let Practice the fuck. Attachment. Go take them to the babysitter. Let go. Just let go and just fucking do you. Like sometimes you just gotta, you just need a break, but you gotta just let things just ride out. You gotta let it just ride yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for taking the time to share all thank of that today. You for it was me. so nice to learn more about your story. And it's just, I, I think that diving deep and, you know, sharing all those things, like I said, is so important and you're being so raw and authentic. So I thank you for that. Thanks. And if you guys want to check out Lana's podcast, I'll make sure to leave her information below until she gets her personal back as well. <laughs> but uh, the podcast here is Laughing with Lana um, at Sticky Paws Studios. And be sure to check out all of our other podcasts here that come from Sticky Paws. I just almost broke this microphone. <laughs> and if you guys have any questions, feel free to message Lana or I and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Yay!